The night may be long and the dark may be deep, but the answers are there to be found. Whether it's the normal, the abnormal, or the paranormal, you're in the right place. Let's go beyond reality. Welcome to the program. We've got a very, very fascinating discussion ahead of us tonight. I'm very excited to uh, be talking to uh, someone who... Uh, his list of accomplishments are quite long, very lengthy, and pretty uh, impressive as well. Dr. Eric Hasseltine, and we'll bring him in in just a little bit. But we're going to be talking about the power of the brain, how making the impossible possible can be done. Also, how to explain the unexplained. These are some pretty hefty ideas that we're going to talk about tonight on Beyond Reality Radio that we're very, very excited about. You know, I, I have to say this. This is a personal thing because a lot of the folks who who have uh, listened to the show for some time know that I uh, I tend to snack on those little orange candy slices. You know, those little orange things you see them like in the grocery uh, checkout. And, uh, you know, they're just delicious, right? So I, you know, people send them to me, and uh, I tend to eat them during breaks. Usually while I'm working on my show prep, I, I pop a few of these things in there. And I've, I've thought pretty, you know, I felt pretty good about them. I figured it's, not a, it's kind of a harmless candy to eat. And I happened to check out the, uh, the label one time, and I noticed it said it was 10 calories per serving. And two of those things was a serving. I'm like, wow, this is fantastic. But what I didn't realize is the the label had was folded over and it was actually a hundred calories per serving, so that's not quite as um, as good. So uh, I'm going to have to cut back on the orange slices just a little bit. I have so many here because folks have sent orange slices and cherry slices, and they're all so very very delicious, and I enjoy them. Um, but I've got to slow down a little bit on those. Um, another really great note uh, to pass along here is I want to welcome two new radio stations to the Beyond Reality Radio affiliate list. Uh, WJNC AM 1240 and WTKF FM 107.1 in the Greenville, New Bern, Jacksonville, North Carolina markets. And uh, welcome, folks. Uh, we're really, really happy to have you along in those markets. And as our affiliate list grows, more and more people are exposed to the show. And uh, it, we're one big happy family here. So uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks for supporting us. And we're excited to have you as part of the group. One of the neat things about the Jacksonville, North Carolina market is that um, my best friend from high school actually moved there probably 25 years ago. He's an administrator in the school district there. If you've been to ScareCon, you've probably met him because he comes up and he helps me out. Um, but anyway, so now he can listen to the show live uh, on the radio there, which is kind of cool. So that's exciting stuff. Uh, we have some neat things coming up, too, that I want to make sure you're aware of. I'm headed to Edmonton, Canada. I've never been to Edmonton, so I'm excited about this. It's a program... Um, it's, it's a, uh, program that, uh, uh, I love, I love it when windows decides it wants to update right in the middle of the show, right? It always does it. So, um, it's, it's a, uh, a convention actually, they have a number of horror movie film stars like Felissa Rose, Tony Todd, who was the, uh, Tony was the original Michael Myers in Halloween, Camille Keaton from the movie, I spit on your grave. Felissa was from a movie called sleepaway camp has done a much, uh, a lot of new stuff. Um, but also Rebecca Foster, uh, who we have on this program quite often, will be there, and I will be there. So we're excited to uh, uh, invade Edmonton, Canada, and Alberta, uh, February sixteenth and seventeenth, I think, are the dates. So if you're anywhere in the near in the area, we'd love to see you. There's more information about this particular event if you go to their website. It's deadbycon deadbycon.ca for Canada. Check it out. Love to see you there. Um, also mentioning Rebecca. 
Rebecca is going to going to be in upstate New York, um, and I'll be uh, presenting her at a psychic gallery reading at the B Side Ballroom and Supper Club in um, Oneonta, New York. It's upstate New York. It's close to Cooperstown, where I reside, and it is uh, it's a great place. It's a very nice restaurant and uh, bar, and there will be dinner available. But the event is uh, February twelfth. And it was publicly announced. Last time I mentioned it, we hadn't announced it yet. So it's been announced. Tickets are selling pretty quickly. There's limited seating. So if you're anywhere near Oneonta, New York, on February 12th, this is something you want to check out. And if you go to the B-Side Ballroom and Supper Club website, you will find information on how you can uh, get a hold of admission to this particular event. So as I said, tonight we're going to have Dr. Eric Hasseltine on the program. He's a futurist, but he has so many more credentials. We'll talk about all of those credentials. And then tomorrow night, of course, Friday night is a best-of program on Beyond Reality Radio, as every Friday is. Next week, a number of great shows. Of course, Monday night, Ellen, um, Elena Manez will be with us. She's the author of a book called Soul Dog, A Journey into the Spiritual Life of Animals. We always have a great time talking about animals, particularly when we can talk about ways that we can communicate or in some well, somehow feel the presence of pets that we've lost. Um, we've all, most of us anyway, have, have been there, and it's a painful thing. It's losing a member of the family. So uh, El- uh, Elena will be with us Monday night to talk about her book, and then uh, Tuesday, Jeffrey Doherty will be with us. Wednesday, and there might be some shuffling of this schedule, I was told by Slick earlier, so um, I'm not exactly sure, but at this point, Wednesday night, Jeff Eastman will be, will be with us. Now, Jeff is an interesting guy. I met him with, at an event in Cleveland uh, over the summer, well, when was that? I guess it was November. And he had uh, designed and developed dowsing rods that were self-illuminating because a lot of ghost hunters that use dowsing rods in their investigations have trouble in the dark with these dowsing rods because, you know, we can't see them. So he uh, developed, designed, and has built uh, self-illuminating dowsing rods. We're going to talk about that technology, um, plus a bunch of other things that he has innovated uh, that are used in um, paranormal investigations, um, including gray noise, why he uh, developed it to capture undiscovered voices using high-end software tools and techniques. That's all on Wednesday night's program. At this point, it may switch around, keep Check out the website to be sure. And then Linda Sherman will be with us Thursday night. She's an author and an astrologer. We'll be talking about her predictions for the year 2019 into 2020. Can you believe we're talking about 2020? All right, Slick. Yeah, you're right, Slick. Yeah, Slick reminded me that um, when we have Jeff on the program, we're actually going to give away a set of those self-illuminating dowsing rods for uh, one of our listeners. So you'll want to be listening to how we'll do that. I'm not sure how we'll do it yet, but we will do it. Um, yeah, so Thursday night's program, Linda Sherman, author and astrologer, will talk about her 2019 predictions into 2020 and her new book called Our Choice, Extinction or Evolution. That sounds a little ominous as well. So as you can see, we've got a lot of great stuff coming up on Beyond Reality Radio. If you're unsure as to what the schedule is or what's going on, you can always visit the webpage, beyondrealityradio.com. Uh, Go to our Facebook page. It's also just Beyond Reality Radio. Give that a like. You'll get updates there as well. And I'd invite you to stop by my Facebook page. Follow me on Facebook at JVJ Paranormal. Uh, Love to have you as part of my uh, family as well. Keep up to uh, the minute on what I'm up to. Um, Sometimes it's paranormal. Sometimes it's just weird. (laughs) We have a lot of stuff going on. Uh, Let's see. That's about it. So 
We'll take a break now, and we'll get our guest on the line, Eric Hasseltine. Again, he's a futurist. We're going to be talking about a lot of things, including how to make the impossible possible and how to explain the unexplainable or the unexplained. That's all coming up on Beyond Reality Radio. I'm J.V. Johnson. Glad to have you along with me tonight. Hey, gang, J.V. here. You know that great nutrition can lead to a great life, healthy, happy, rewarding. But that nutrition simply cannot be found in the foods we eat alone. Take a minute and assess your health, the way you feel, the way your family feels, the way your kids feel. Health is more than just feeling well. It's also making sure you have a strong immune system, especially in these trying times. Vitamins aren't enough alone. In fact, they have to be the right vitamins, the right supplements made from the most effective ingredients. Otherwise, they don't do the job. It makes the world of a difference. There's a new website you can visit that'll help you navigate these ideas and guide you to better health. There's no obligation. Just visit MyHealthRocksNow.com. That's MyHealthRocksNow.com and start feeling better today. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Uh, we're going to have a really fascinating discussion tonight. I'm very, very excited to have our guest, Dr. Eric Hasseltine, on with us tonight. He's not only a futurist, but he's a Ph.D. in physiological psychology, post-document doctor work in uh, neuroanatomy. I can't even say the words. That's how impressive this is. Executive Vice P, former of uh, Walt Disney Imagineering, Associate Director of NSA in charge of research and development, Associate Director of National Intelligence in charge of science and technology, and he's currently the chairman of the board of the U.S. Technology Leadership Council. Uh, Dr. Hasseltine, welcome to Beyond Reality Radio. It's a pleasure to have you here tonight. Thanks. It's uh, great to be here. You know, I have to say, uh, I was doing some you know, show prep, obviously, getting ready for the program tonight and our discussion. Uh, I spent some time on your website. I started watching your videos, and I, <laughs> I just became in, completely enthralled and fascinated. Uh, I'm not even sure which one I was watching, but you made me want to go out and invent things. You made me want to go out so- and solve problems, and you definitely made me want to reexamine everything I thought I knew from forever. So <laughs> I don't know if that was your intent in your talks, but man... Uh, that's the way I walked away from that particular video. Well, my talk's goal is to hurt people's brains. <laughs> well, I think you accomplished that with me tonight, and I hope we accomplish that with our listeners tonight, because you really uh, present things in a very practical way, yet uh, it, it, it makes you question everything you thought you knew. Yeah, you know, Will Rogers said, it ain't so much that we don't know what hurts us, it's what we do know that ain't so. <laughs> so t- tell us a little bit about um about what you do i mean I, you know i read some of your credentials and obviously you've, you've done a lot of things over the course of your professional career um so give us a little background about yourself well i talk about myself as a neuroscientist gone bad uh after i did a one-year postdoc in neuroanatomy i decided to get out of bench science and uh move into more applied neuroscience so I went to work at Hughes Aircraft doing flight simulation, which turned into a new field called virtual reality. So when it got to a point where it could move out of government circles, I went to Disney to design their first virtual reality display. 
And then in the years that went by, I moved up in management and ended up running Imagineering R&D until uh, General Hayden, who was running NSA, saw me on TV, said Executive Vice President Imagineering, and uh, he was under pressure after 9-11 to, quote, get an imagination. So he went and hired me, <laughs> and uh, I was there for a few years, and then when they created the new entity that oversees the whole intelligence community called the ODNI, Office of the Director of National Intelligence. I was its first uh, associate director in charge of science and technology for the 17 intelligence agencies. Wow. And uh, I did that until 2007, and then since then I've been uh, writing about the future, innovation, and doing work with my wife on mind-body medicine. Wow. You have um, a couple of websites that I want to mention right off the bat because we'll probably be referencing, I know I'll be referencing some uh, materials that are on there. One is uh, Dr. Hasseltine, your name, uh, .com, and the other is, other is doctorsimpossible.com. Yeah. And we're going to get into all that. You also have a number of books, including Brain Safari, The Listening Cure, Long Fuse, Big Bang, uh, The Spy in Moscow Station, a lot of stuff. But I want to ask you about something that, as we've uh, you know promoted your appearance on the show tonight, we, we've talked about uh, making the impossible possible and explaining mm-hmm. the unexplained. What are we talking about here? Well, the best example is uh, the most recent issue of Psychology Today, the cover article is mine, and I talk about seven things your brain can do that you didn't think it could do. Uh, for example, you can echolocate, uh, kind of like a bat or a dolphin. And mm-hmm. most people don't know that because they rely on vision, but if you make them close their eyes and give them a stick to tap, they'll notice things that they didn't notice before. You can get around pretty well. Also... You know, in the movie, there's this trope of you can sense someone's eyes on the back of your head. Yeah, of course. Well, it turns out we can detect sound shadows that move behind us Mm -hmm. that tell us when someone's there. It's all unconscious. It kind of talks to our lizard brain, not our conscious brain. So we sense something without knowing how we sense it. Um, I also talk about having impossible memory feats, uh, how people who have no drawing ability whatsoever can very quickly start drawing reasonably competently. And um, the reason is that there's a lot of untapped potential inside the brain that if you know the tricks to get around, you can do things that you used to think were impossible. Um, But that's kind of the brain side of it. Uh, My wife, who is a physician, specializes in very quickly getting to cures by uh, getting people to tap into the unconscious knowledge that their bodies have, that lives in their bodies, I mean, could literally live in their bodies. And uh, she can get to some cures very quickly that way. Um, But I also talk about, uh, you know, things that we used to think are true and aren't true. For example, the gyroscope effect is actually not responsible for keeping bicycles up. Um, The pressure of an ice skate on the ice is not that causes the water... Uh, to go from ice to water to melt is not what causes the slipperiness. So there's all of these things that we used to think were true that turn out not to be true at all. And so those are the kind of things we talk about on Doctors Impossible. Now, I just, um, I just have to ask the question. Uh, you've mentioned your wife a couple of times. Is she the yeah. other Doctors Impossible on the, yes, on the website? Yes, okay. uh, we, yeah, on our website, you'll see we're all dressed up as superheroes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, 
her image looks a lot like her. Mine kind of doesn't because I paid for it and I wanted him to make me look good. <laughs> well, you look pretty heroic. I will. I will say. Well, that. yeah, I, yeah. But she's a real hero. She's she worked with Doctors Without Borders, and you know she put her life on the line a lot of times to help people in Africa and Sri Lanka and places like that. And uh, she's traveled all over the world and done some amazing things too. And we're having a lot of fun together working on mind body medicine. That sounds terrific, and I want to get into that a little bit more. Um, we have about a minute here before we have to go to break. So in that minute, um, let's just kind of outline what these two websites are, because I did mention two of them. You've got drhasseltine.com, and then, as, as we mentioned, doctorsimpossible.com. Uh, com is featuring my latest book that came out uh, a few months ago, Brain Safari, which is, takes you on an exciting, thrilling journey through your own brain, discovering things you didn't know were there. Doctors Impossible explores the impossible inside you and outside you. Uh, things that, uh, you know, impossible phenomena that are now starting to be understood and impossible capabilities you didn't know you had. Eric, we're talking about the brain here. I mean, we're talking about something that is so complex and so capable. But the first question, I guess, would be how much do we really know about the brain? Almost nothing. You know, uh, we think we know a lot in each epic in scientific history, but it later turns out that uh, we don't know squat. And I think uh, the more I study the brain, the less I know. Uh, I just finished an article, for example, on quantum neuroscience, which is a emerging hot field of quantum biology. And, uh, you know, we used to think that certain things were impossible, like quantum coherence and quantum entanglement couldn't have any effect in the classical world that we see in everyday life. And we now know that that's just not true. And so biologists and neuroscientists are starting to explore whether consciousness and other effects could have quantum explanations. As we tra- so uh, that's, that's kind of one area where, you know, we just don't know a lot. And... Uh, uh, my guess is that when all is said and done, we're going to be really shocked by the way the brain really works versus the way we think it works today. As we travel down this path, um, particularly in quantum science, uh, we, we've had a lot of folks on the program talking about different aspects of this uh what what I would say is uh, boldly going to uncharted waters. Um, mm-hmm. As we head down this, I, you know, I can't help but uh, wonder, uh, at what point are we going to uh, look at this information that we're getting and understand these connections between mind, body, and uh, parallel universes and other dimensions, all these things that start are starting to kind of poke through the surface and uh, recognize that, um, you know, we are far more than the physical beings we think we or have thought we are. Well, I think that's a on you know point statement. Uh, you know, you've heard the expression "gut feeling" or "trust your gut." Oh yeah, of course. Uh, we now know that your enteric nervous system, which is a fancy word for your gut uh, nervous system, has more neurons in it than the cerebral cortex of a very advanced primate, like a macaque monkey. Seven hundred and fifty million neurons, and monkeys are really smart which means that literally you could have the equivalent of a monkey intelligence in your gut and, uh, you know, probably ten times smarter than your average dog. And the dog is pretty smart. So it may be that some perceptions and cognitions and problem-solving, for example, doesn't happen in the brain. It happens in the gut. 
And similarly, the heart itself has a pretty sophisticated nervous system. So when we say, I know in my heart, it may not be a figure of speech. It may be literal. Uh, We're also learning that who we are is not who we thought. Uh, Only one in ten cells in your body has your DNA. Ninety percent are bacteria, archaea, viruses, fungi, so-called commensal organisms that live in your gut, on your skin, and everywhere else, sometimes even in your blood. And those have an effect on our perceptions and behavior. For example, if you have a bunch of sugar-loving bacteria in your gut and you stop eating sugar, they will punish you and make you feel bad, secreting chemicals that make you feel sluggish and so forth. And then when you eat sugar, they reward you by giving you dopamine and other catecholamines. So who we are is not at all who we thought we were. So as you've uh, learned more about this, you've researched this, you've written about this, um, you know, what intrigues you most about the brain? The unconscious. It's been my overriding passion for 40 years. And, um, you know, it kind of all started when I was talking to my sister Susan at some Christmas dinner, and she said, Eric, look around the room and try to imagine what each and everything you look like would feel like if you licked it and wrapped your mouth around it. And I go, ooh, and she goes, go do it, do it. So I did it, and there wasn't a single thing that I could look at that I didn't know exactly what it would feel like on my tongue. And uh, the question is, how did I know that? Well, when I was a baby, like all babies, I put everything in my mouth. And although I didn't consciously remember it, I acquired what we call implicit learning. And most of what we learn and most of what goes on in memory and cognition and perception and emotion is all below the surface. And so, uh, to me, that is the most fascinating part of brain science. And that's really what I devote my book, Brain Safari, and why I call it Safari, because it's this unknown territory. So are you a believer of ESP, uh, parapsychology, telepathy, these types of uh, phenomena that uh, people have reported for centuries? Well, I think any good scientist, when they're presented with an idea, their proper answer is yo. Maybe yes, maybe (laughs) no. I have an open mind. Um, I have seen some things. For example, uh, when I served in Iraq for a while in Afghanistan, uh, I saw some things happen. I was going down the so-called highway of death. It was called Route Irish. It connected Baghdad Airport to the Green Zone. And we're going, and my driver slams on the brakes, cuts across, comes back the other way t- back toward Camp Victory. And I said, uh, you know, son, why did you do that? He says, I don't know. And about five minutes later, after he calmed down, and he said, there were no kids playing in that sand lot that are there every day. And so he had, he had served two tours before, and he knew that it was uh, the negative space. When something wasn't there that should have been, it meant that the moms knew that someone had planted a bomb and they were keeping their kids away. And sure enough, someone who came by after us was killed. Oof. And, um, you know, how did he know that? Uh, would you call that clairvoyance or premonition? Would you call it implicit learning? I don't know, but I've experienced things like that enough that uh, I have an open mind. I can think of some scientific explanations, but I have enough humility to understand that uh, science 
as we know it today may not be able to explain all these things. I um you know I I I believe in in many of those forces. Although I will say I think a lot of people confuse those ideas with things that um, we perceive just through our, the normal course of our five senses that we don't even understand that we're perceiving. We can sense subtle changes in in a person's face, and and that and some people think that's mind reading because you know how they feel, or um, you know there are just so many little things that we interpret, and our brain is doing it for us without us even understanding it's happening. That gives us information that some people may confuse with some of these other forces. Well, it's a fascinating thing that you mentioned. Um, it turns out that we now believe that we don't, for example, when you cry, it's not because you're sad. It's the other way around. You're um, sad because you're crying. It, what happens is is an emotional part of your brain, which is primitive and unconscious, and it decides how it wants to feel. It exerts direct control over your body, primarily your gut and your breathing, your conscious mind observes that and then infers how you're feeling. So, for example, if I ask your listening audience to take their finger and stick it horizontally in their mouth and force themselves to smile, they're going to actually feel better. If I tell them to take their finger, wipe it off or clean it, of course, put it between your upper lip and nose and frown, you're going to feel sad and kind of angry. Um, so back to your point, how we perceive things. There have been studies on how we tell the difference between a genuine smile and a fake smile. We can all do it. You look at a picture and you know you just feel that it's genuine or that it's fake. It turns out what's actually happening, they've hooked up electrodes to the facial muscles of subjects and then exposed them to fake and real smiles. And they found that the muscles contract in a true genuine smile when you see a genuine smile. You mirror that which you're seeing, and the act of mirroring it by contracting your muscles is what you sense to know that that person is genuine or not. So the way we tune into other people, actually, is we tune in to ourselves. And I wrote an article about this, about how to read other people. Uh, and again, this comes from my intelligence background. Uh, there was a guy who was good at telling whether detainees were deceptive or not. But he didn't look at the detainee. He had another case officer interrogate him, and he watched the other case officer. And the body reactions of the case officer told him whether the subject was lying or not. So we are tuning forks that resonate with other people's emotions and intent. And if we learn how to tune in to those kind of internal tuning forks, uh, we can actually read other people better by reading ourselves. It's fascinating, and you brought up uh, an example of another factor that we probably discount and we don't think about very often. You were giving the example of putting things in your mouth and knowing, or not even not even having having to do that, and but knowing what they would feel like or taste like because as a child, as a baby, you probably did that, and these are things that you learn before you're even aware that you're learning. And, uh, I mean, how many of those things, that's one example, how many of those things have we all learned as an infant that we retain with us that we didn't even realize we learned? Most of what we know is learned that way, that we learn without realizing we're learning or learning that we're learning. I mean, there's where intuitions come from, that uh, problem-solving happens accessing all of that incredible store of data we've collected over our lives. And, the, you know, if you think about when you're solving a problem, you're not aware of every step of every 
solution you're getting to on the way to your final answer, the answer pops in your head. We call this the aha phenomena. It's a well-known and well-documented phenomena. So if you're not consciously solving the problem, who is? Um, and so uh, I believe that uh, a lot of what we call intuition, a lot of what we do when we solve problems is actually accessing this unconsciously acquired implicit learning. We're talking with Dr. Eric Hasseltein. Um, we're talking about his book, Brain Safari. Plus, uh, Eric, you've got, you've got several books. Um, the Listening Cure, Long Fuse, Big Bang. These are all things that relate to uh, thinking, the power of the brain, and, uh-huh. uh, and, and what the, un- basically unlocking the power of the brain in many cases, right? Right. I think the most exciting stuff that I've worked on in this regard is with my wife. And uh, she has a technique where she basically uh, channels body parts. So in other words, you get a patient to uh, become their back or their stomach or whatever and talk in the first person. And what the body part reveals, the conscious mind didn't know. And a lot of it has to do with the implicit learning. Um, And it turns out that about 80% of illnesses that, drive people to primary care physicians have an emotional or behavioral cause, usually related to suppressed emotions, stress, and uh, those sorts of things. And so in the book, what I do is I talk about the neuroscience of the unconscious and what literally we mean in neuroscience when we talk about the body and its representation in the mind. And uh, so to me, that's the funnest thing I've been working on for the last few years. All right, we're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Dr. Eric Hasseltine. In the meantime, check out one of the websites or both of them, drhasseltine.com or doctorsimpossible.com. They're both available, both a lot of great information there. It's Beyond Reality Radio. I'm J.V. Johnson. We'll be right back. Did you know that online retailers like Amazon have constant deals that can save you money on the things you buy every day? It's no joke. Save 40%, 50%, even 80% on great products. And all you have to do is know about them. Noodle Shark is the way to be alerted when something good is coming your way. Noodle Shark is the social media page that lists great deals that not only save you money, but give you the deals before anyone else has them. All you have to do is find Noodle Shark on Facebook. Search it as The Noodle Shark. That's The Noodle Shark. Because you deserve to save too. Become a Shark and save. Dr. Eric Hasseltine. Uh, check out his website, Dr. Hasseltine. Doctor is just the abbreviation, drhasseltine.com. Um, also, check out doctorsimpossible.com. A lot of great information and insight on both of those websites. Eric, um, kind of wrapping up this conversation, at least this part about the ESP thing, and you mentioned uh, you, know, you, you keep an open mind, but you'd like to see uh, some type of scientific re- evidence or s- data that would support any conclusion. Have you seen anything that supports things like ESP or remote viewing, those types of skills? I've seen some things. Um, in fact, I'm working on an article now called Where New Science Can Explain Old Paranormal Phenomena. And I've been digging deep into this question. And there are some things that we're starting to learn. Uh, for example, the whole idea of past lives. We now know that there are, in addition to genetic information, which is passed down among generations, there is acquired information uh, that is passed down in terms of what we call epigenetic. These are things that aren't the genes, but they tell which genes to turn on and off. So, for example, if your grandparents were starving because of a famine before 
your parents were conceived, you will be overweight, typically. Um, and there are other phenomena like this where personality and behavioral proclivities we now know can actually be passed down based on experience from one generation to another. This was previously thought to be impossible. It turns out it's probably the case. Just how far does this go? I don't know. Um, there are all kinds of other things we're learning about what we can sense in other people chemically. It turns out we do respond to pheromones. Um, one theory about why we kiss is that we're actually tasting chemicals that are called um, major histocompatibility complex to see whether the person we're kissing has genes which are complementary to ours and are likely to produce strong uh, offspring. None of this is conscious. So when we talk about chemistry between us and someone we've just met, it's literal. And so um, I think that uh, we're going to find more and more of these things. Um, some humans, it turns out, probably can detect magnetic fields. Um, I've known people who could detect ultrasound and could see flickering in regular lights. So each of us has a lot more sensory capabilities than has been previously acknowledged, and some extraordinarily people uh, have truly remarkable sensory capabilities. So um, I'm starting to see some evidence of things, you know, hard scientific evidence. There was a study done at Florida Atlantic University where they looked at heartbeat, and they found that statistically, and the experiments I've looked at them were fairly well controlled, that where they had people... Uh, predict whether a picture they were going to see was familiar, unfamiliar, or neutral, or emotionally charged. And it turned out that looking at the statistics of the heartbeat could tell you what was going to happen a few seconds later. And so there's some evidence that your heart can actually predict what's going to happen. I don't know whether these results are going to be replicated or not, but, you know, there are smatterings of, uh, of evidence that uh, suggests that some of, there may be something to some of these things. We have, a, we have a hard break at the top of the hour here, so we have about a minute. But um, are these things, in your opinion, evolutionary or are they innate? And, and do they, have they existed since the beginning of time in humankind or are they things that are evolving over time? I don't know. I suspect that certain things... Uh, you know, the very earliest molecules had certain survival skills that we retain to this day, but I suspect that over the course of evolution, we picked up a few tricks along the way. Interesting. We are talking with Dr. Eric Hasseltine. Once again, give your websites, and when we come back, we're going to get into, I want to get into uh, one of the things featured on your website, uh, which is the, um, the test, uh, Find Your Own Hidden Abilities Test on your mm-hmm. website. We'll talk about that a bit, but give the websites out again. Um, yes, uh, one is uh, drhasseltine.com, just drhasseltine.com, and the other is spelled out, doctorsimpossible.com. I also have a site on Psychology Today, Longfuse Big Bang. We have a great program for you tonight, talking with Dr. Eric Hasseltine uh, about his new book called Brain Safari. Among other things, got a lot of great conversation ahead of us. We'll take your phone calls at 844-687-7669. Uh, first, though, a, a programming note here. Uh, we want to welcome two new radio stations to the list of affiliates for Beyond Reality Radio. We're very excited to have WJNC AM 1240 joining the family, as well as WTKF FM 107.1. 
those stations in the Greenville, New Bern, Jacksonville, North Carolina market. Uh, welcome, folks. Glad to have you along and very, very pleased those stations decided to carry the program and become part of our family. So uh, if you happen to be listening on one of those great stations, send them a line. Thank them for carrying the program as well. We appreciate it. Again, I'll invite you to check out our website, beyondrealityradio.com. The full list of affiliates is there as it gets updated every week. And also you'll find other things like the Beyond Reality Radio coffee mug, which many of you chose to give it as a holiday gift. And I hope it worked out well. It's a really nice coffee mug. Not only holds coffee well, keeps it warm, tea, hot chocolate. It actually holds pens and pencils here on my desk as well. Uh, still makes a great gift. There might be people that you still haven't purchased for. Maybe somebody in the office you haven't seen yet. Uh, go to the website, beyondrealityradio.com. You can order the mug there. Uh, you can also see more information about our guests and our past shows and upcoming shows. All of that is right there on the website. Also, check out the Facebook page. It's Beyond Reality Radio on Facebook as well. And I'll invite you to my page, which is JVJ Paranormal. Stop by there, give it a like, follow it, whatever you have to do. I can't keep up with all these options anymore, but I know it's fun. Anyway, so uh, we're going to continue our conversation with Dr. Eric Hasseltine. And again, um, Eric, thanks so much for being here uh, tonight. I really appreciate your time and your insight. It's uh, It's been fascinating so far, and I'm looking forward to continuing our conversation. Well, it's been great. I've been having a good time. So let's um, let's talk a little bit about the brain's potential. I mean, I've always heard the adage or statement that, you know, we're using 10% of our brains. Is that accurate? No, it's not accurate, but it is more accurate to say that we're using it 100%, but a lot of times the wrong way. Uh, memory is a good example. When we try to cram for an exam, we try to remember things in a particular way, and we burn up a lot of energy in our brain doing the wrong way. For example, uh, our brains are very visual. So if you're trying to do rote memorization, like in neuroscience, we have to remember uh, 12 cranial nerves that come out of the brain instead of the peripheral nervous system. And if you just try to remember those by themselves, it doesn't work very well. But if you make a little uh, rhyme with it that gives your brain an extra leg up, then it works. And this is how I learned the 12 cranial nerves. Uh, we used to say, on old Olympus, towering top, a thin and German bend some hops. And the beginning letter of each of those names is the uh, name of the cranial nerve. And that illustrates an important point, that uh, we don't use all of our brain that we could use in an efficient way. So, for example, a very efficient way that everybody can improve their memory, if they have to, say, remember 20 different things, is to go back to the house they grew up in, take each of the things they have to remember, place it starting with number one at the doorstep, number two inside the door, and then the hallway, and then just place each of the things you want to remember in a visual place inside the house. And then go back, and you will see those things waiting for you when you revisit it mentally. We have so many more neurons devoted to visual. We remember things more when we use more neurons, and there's nothing that uses more neurons than vision. So that's just one simple example of working smarter rather than harder. How does uh, music fit into this? Um, you know, we've often been told that we can learn things easier if we put them to a song, and obviously mm -hmm. the alphabet is a good example. Is, is, is there any truth to that? Yes, it's absolutely true. And, but the general principle is the more hooks we have for a particular memory, the more we're going to remember it. 
So the way to think about it is, um, it, say you don't want to lose your keys. If you made 50 copies of your keys and put them all over your house, you're going to find your keys somewhere. But if you only have one key, you've got to find it in one place. So by doing things like visuals and rhymes and music, we're essentially duplicating our keys and putting them in more places so that we're more likely to stumble on them. On your websites and throughout our conversation and your talks, um, you often talk about uh, making the impossible possible. And you give a lot of examples of things that were once considered impossible that we now take for granted. Talk about some of those things. Well, I'm, I'm fascinated uh, by the big breakthroughs in science. Almost every single one of them were laughed at or thought to be impossible. The idea that space and time are just one thing was incredible. The, the idea that uh, how fast time goes for you depends on your frame of reference was thought to be incredible. Continental drift, the fact that the continents look like they used to fit together, turns out they did. Um, the dinosaurs being wiped out by asteroids, uh, bacteria causing ulcers, um, and then, of course, Einstein's biggest mistake, you know, he didn't think spooky action at a distance, where two entangled particles can influence each other instantly without any time elapsed all the way across the universe. We now know that these things are all true, and they were all thought to be impossible. And to me, that's what's most exciting about the future. It isn't the things that we can predict, like computers are going to get faster next year. It's the things that we didn't even have a clue were going to happen. And we know that there are a lot of those out there, because there have always been. And uh, one reason I like very far out so-called fringe theories is that although most of them are not going to turn out to be true, almost for sure, some of them will. And some of them are, like, unbelievably exciting that are out there right now. There's a quote on, on uh, your website from Henry Ford, which really struck me. And it kind of defines how uh, visionaries uh, make a difference. And uh, I, I don't remember the exact quote, so I'm not looking at it now, but it's something to do with the fact if I asked people what they wanted, they would have said faster horses. Yeah. And you it, know, that's exactly right. That's why the future, when it happens, surprises us. Because we cannot imagine that which we have never experienced. If I ask you to imagine a color you've never seen before, you can't do it. Right. Because you have no building blocks to put it together. And the future is a color we've never seen before. When we stumble on it down the road, we'll recognize it as something novel and amazing. But before we stumble on it, we can't imagine it. And that's why almost all of the major scientific breakthroughs have been accidents. It wasn't an accident that they were accidents. They almost had to be accidents because... We're not, uh, our imaginations fail us unless we stumble on things. I'm going to uh, kind of uh, talk a little bit about another part of your career, your professional career, um, with the national intelligence. Were you aware of any work uh, going on in the national intelligence that, that included remote viewing or ESP or any type of psychic activity? Yes. Um, back in the 50s and 60s, at CIA in particular, there was quite a bit of work in that area. And the Russians have always been very interested in paranormal and things like uh, remote viewing in particular, but also 
influencing one person. For example, during the Fischer-Spassky chess matches, the Russians had psychics in the audience beaming bad thoughts at Bobby Fischer, you know, trying to interfere with his thinking. Um, so, yes, I, I've been aware that uh, there's a fair amount of that activity that's gone on. Does it still go on, to your knowledge? Well, <laughs> you know, mm, I'd prefer not to comment on okay, that. Okay, that's fair. Uh, Eric, on your website, doctorsimpossible.com, there is a link that says find your own hidden abilities. There's also along the top a menu heading that says sixth sense quiz, and I think that goes to the same place. And this is a quiz that you, that's, uh, what, what's the intent of it first? Uh, the intent is to make people aware of how much they are aware of uh, things that they didn't know that they could know. Um, and again, it goes back to what I was saying earlier, that if we quiet ourselves and turn our attention inward, paradoxically, it's the best way to understand what's happening outside. It's just that our bodies are responding to things all the time, and we just kind of tune it out because we're focused on something else. So if you learn how to uh, tune into these things, you can you know, sense all kinds of things that you never thought you could. So uh, I'm going to encourage folks to go to the website now, again, doctorsimpossible.com, and click on the Find Your Own Hidden Abilities. Take the quiz. It's what was like, I don't know, seven, eight questions. It wasn't many. Yeah, I do want to uh, make an observation that I think because we've never had this many people get on, I'm not sure all of your listeners are going to be able to take it. There could be that we've had an overwhelming success, and... uh, (laughs) So I apologize if not everybody's able to see it. That, that's okay. Well, they, they could always check it out later, I would imagine, yeah. too. Um, but I'm interested to see, particularly in our chat room, we've got a lot of people that are with our program every night in our chat room. I'd like to see what they come up with. Now, I took the test, and I, I, I'm not sure how many degrees there are as far as uh, ans, you know the scores at the end, if you will. Um, but I turned out to be a Jedi in training, so I think I'm kind of uh, lacking in my, uh, in my sensitivities. What do you think? Well, most of us are. And um, it's because we've been rewarded throughout our lives for paying attention to certain things and not others. And that's why uh, we have so many more sensitivities than we're aware of. We just have to tune into them. And that's what I really try to do is to, uh, you know, get people to realize that uh, they're passing up a whole lot of useful information. And useful information in terms of just being aware? Um, You know, for example, um, if you're going to go on a date for the first time and you want to get a sense of the other person, our tendency is to focus on them, to look minutely at their facial expressions and their body posture and their tone of voice and what they're saying. Um, But actually, that's not the best way to learn about them and sense who they are as a person. The best way is to tune in to yourself. Um, I can't tell you how many people said, well, you know, there was, I knew something was wrong, but I went ahead anyhow. Um, and, you know, the, that kind of tuning fork that resonates with something in the other person, both good and bad, is something that we ignore. Because uh, in our society, we're not really trained to focus on the unconscious and not really trained to dive into the uh, intuitive. Um, you know, our Western kind of scientific culture is reductionistic. And, you know, has to break everything down into logic and facts when that's not really what's going on at all. It's almost all about emotion 
and things that we can't put into logical expression. And so that's really what uh, the sixth sense is. It's, uh, it's those little voices that whisper to us that don't shout. And so we can learn by listening to those whispers to really tune into things that we just were completely oblivious to. You know, I can't tell you how many times um, it's happened to me, and I'm sure it's happened to everyone, where you can walk into a room and someone who you know very, very well can be in that room. You don't even necessarily have to make eye contact. You don't even necessarily, you don't exchange a word. But if if that person's angry with you, you can immediately tell. Yeah. A sense comes over you. Where where are we getting that information from? Well, um, again, I'll come back to... Uh, where we're literally getting it is if you look at a person, your body is mirroring. It's as if you're a mimic. And you're doing it unconsciously. And what you're really sensing in that person is tension in your own muscles in certain places. And so what's happening is when your body reacts and mirrors what's happening in another person, your brain interprets that as an emotion that that other person has. It's in, in neuroscience what we call theory of mind and uh, the phenomenon of mirror neurons where uh, we perceive what's going on in another by recreating what's going on in another and then watching ourselves recreate it. It's not at all intuitive, but that is, it turns out, the way it works. And what about a phenomenon like deja vu? Uh, is that is that first of all? Is it real in your estimation, or is that just something that we manufacture? And if it is, have if it has some sense of a reality, uh, where is that coming from? Didn't you already ask me this? <laughs> uh, glad to see you're on your toes there. Um, well, first of all, it is real, and um, I don't think it necessarily has one origin. Um, it could come from a number of things. Uh, One of them is, again, I go back to the epigenetics, that there may be something that your parent or your grandparent or your great-grandparent experienced that got passed down to you through epigenetic factors, methylation, histones, and those kinds of things, um, that cause gene expression to go in a certain way and proteins to be synthesized that represent memories and so forth. So that is a, it's a far-out possibility, but I wouldn't rule it out. Um, but I also think that there's so much that happens in our lives that we don't remember. But when we see it, we recognize it. And uh, cognitive psychologists have known for many years that our ability to recognize things that we've seen before is far greater than our ability to free recall them when pressed to do it. And so when we're presented with a situation, we can recognize it as something we've experienced before. Um, For example, it may have been in a dream. It may have been that all those dreams you forgot at some level, at another level, you didn't forget. And so when you experience it, your brain knows that you've experienced it before, but you can't place when. His book is called Brain Safari. Uh, You can check it out. Uh, Eric, where can people get a hold of the book? Amazon. Amazon is the easiest place probably, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, let's jump to our listener line. Let's get a few questions in here. Kathy from Pennsylvania, welcome to the program. Hi. um, I'd like to know about a stroke, and if you have it on the right side instead of the left, and if you retrieve some of it but your eye stays closed, can you elaborate on what the stroke is? Well, there are two kinds of stroke. There's a a clot that prevents blood from flowing to a 
particular part of the brain, and there's a bleed. Um, most strokes are clots, and they cause uh, either temporary or, in some cases, permanent uh, death of neurons and loss of that functionality. Um, so that's the bad news. The good news is that the brain has a lot of what we call plasticity in that it can rewire itself. And so with the proper rehabilitation therapy, you can retrain your brain to uh, assume some of the lost function. Yes, um, that is you what you asked happened. about uh, vision? Yes, I lost my right eye. You lost the ability to see in your right eye? Yes, it closes um It has like a lump on it, like a little hmm. tumor. Oh, 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 so you actually have a tumor. Oh, I'm so sorry well, to hear that. Well, it's not a tumor. It's a lump. It's um. They've never seen it. It's rare. Mm-hmm. And it's over my right eye, and it closes it. And if I have, like, a lot of stress or something, it'll mm-hmm. swell up and close all together. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, stress does play a major role in disease. We now know that. And um, I, I feel for you. And uh, all I can say is there are techniques for managing stress uh, that I can recommend. But, um, you know, I, I feel for you. Well, Kathy, hopefully you're uh, seeking the appropriate medical attention, uh, having the appropriate therapy and taking care of that, because um, obviously we we want you to get as well as you can. So thank you very much for the phone call. Um, Let's go to Vince in uh, Vince's in Missouri. Hey, Vince, welcome to the show. How are you doing, JV? Great. Thank you. Hey, uh, question for the guest. Uh, As far as dreams and deja vu and Things of the past. There was a uh, a book I read years ago called "The Breakdown of the Bicameral Mind," mm-hmm. and that's before the the actual evolution. Of man had two halves of the brain, so it was just one brain. So actually, they could actually see like their dream state while they were awake. Any thoughts on that? Um, well, you know, there actually is a phenomenon called hypnagogic imagery, where it's or wakeful dreaming where uh, there are people who can do that even now with our evolved brain, and people can learn to do it, um, usually through guided imagery and relaxation. Um, So I don't think we've necessarily lost that ability. Does that uh, answer your question? Does it help you out, Vince? Absolutely. Great. Yeah. Thank you for the phone call. Um, I want to take you back, Eric, to something you said earlier. You mentioned epigenetics a few times. You talked about these learned characteristics that can be carried through uh, through uh, genetics. Uh, they become part of the genetic code. Is that what we would consider instincts to be, the things that might be instinctual to any species? Uh, are those learned behaviors that are passed on through genetics? Um. I think in part, but I think mostly when we talk about instinct, we talk about things that have been hardwired into our brains and our ancestors' brains for many millennia. Um, and that kind of the circuits have gotten wired up uh, by a process of natural selection and so forth. Um, but some of what we think of as instinct, meaning it's unlearned, probably does come from epigenetic. If I had to bet, I'd say the majority is kind of hardwired through our genes and some other amount unknown probably less than that, is uh, due to epigenetics. But on the other hand, uh, we're still learning a lot, so stay tuned. 
So um, I want to take us back to Kathy's phone call of a minute ago. Obviously, this is not necessarily a medical discussion, um, but your wife's work, because she is a medical doctor. Uh, mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit more about that. because You said that she's using a lot of these things we're talking about in an effort to cure disease and, and uh, correct problems of the body. Tell us a little bit more about that work. Well, she has discovered that there's wisdom in our bodies that our brain doesn't have. So when she has a patient, she talks to their body parts, not to them. And when people listen to what their bodies say, they're shocked and astonished at how much their body knows that they don't know. An example, she'll get someone to be their back that has a lower back pain, which is like one of the number one complaints that people have going to doctors. And uh, when they get the patient to be the back, the back will say, well, I get tense every time I get near your mother. <laughs> and, the, you know, that's a threatening thought to our conscious mind, but the back is just the body part. It just knows what it knows. And so the, the back knows it can't stand the mother-in-law. Um, <laughs> and the person didn't know that. And that's the kind of thing that she discovers in her practice. Does that so the question then is, what do you do about that? Right. And uh, what she likes to talk about is the deep cause below the deep cause. Doctors like to get to the deep cause of a disease instead of just the symptoms. But usually below the deep cause, like an infection, is a deeper cause, like emotional issues that cause stress that weaken the immune system. We hear more and more about um, the potential of the brain to cure disease. Um, mm-hmm. we haven't necessarily conquered that frontier yet, uh, but it sounds like that's the, what you're talking about right now and some other things that we've talked about and others have talked about is that we're making progress. Oh, one of the hottest areas of neuroscience is called psychoneuroimmunology, in which we're discovering that there really isn't a barrier between the nervous system and the immune system, that we can uh, directly influence through our emotions and our thoughts and behaviors how our immune system behaves. So I would say that uh, we are making a tremendous amount of progress in getting our mind to cure our bodies. You have a number of books. The most recent is called Brain Safari. Tell us about that book. When you, when you set out to write it, what was your objective? <laughs> well, uh, when I was at Disney, the head of the Disney Channel was Jerry Laybourne, and she wanted to put me on the Disney Channel as Dr. Brain. <laughs> to do fun things where parents and kids could explore their brains together and have fun. Uh, unfortunately, she got, uh, you know, she was the head of a network, and so she got fired like, you know, any, like Ensign Redshirt on Star Trek, right? They only last so long. <laughs> uh, and so I turned it into articles for Discover Magazine. I wrote a column called NeuroQuest, which was the last uh, page in the magazine every month. And I took a compilation of those. And basically what they're all about is surprising you with experiences. I, I don't tell you about these things. I have you experience them. Uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, it turns out that your reaction time is much slower when you're wearing sunglasses than without sunglasses because the conduction velocity of visual impulses from your eye to your brain depends on the intensity of the signal. So, for example, when you're driving and you have sunglasses on, you're going to be some milliseconds slower than if you don't. And the way I do this in the book is I have a friend hold out a yardstick between your two outstretched hands, and you let the yardstick drop, and you try to stop it as quickly as you can. You measure how many inches the yardstick goes through with and without sunglasses, 
And what you'll find is that no matter how hard you try, more of the yardstick goes through your hands when you have the sunglasses on. So most people didn't know that they were slower with sunglasses. And that's what I like to do in the book. I like to, there's about 50 different experiments like that that show you things about your brain you had no idea. And what do you hope a reader will walk away with? What is, what is, what is it you want them to walk away the, with the book with? I want it to be the start rather than the end of a life's exploration. You know, we all are excited about exploring outer space or going to the bottom of the ocean or something like that. But the fact is that each of us carry around in our own head an adventure of unlimited potential. And I want people to understand that and to just, I guess you could call it a theme park inside your own head. Uh, It's tremendous fun. It's inspiring. And above all, it can help you be more than what you are. When you discover all of these things that you didn't know were there, you can actually perform a lot better, as I said earlier on the show. There's been some uh, apps for smartphones released recently. I'm trying to remember the name of them. I think I had a couple of them on my phone, which are uh, said to help you maintain cognitive ability, increase your mental sharpness, all these things. Is that possible as you age in particular? And if so, what types of things do you recommend people do? It is possible. There's a great book called Keep Your Brain Alive. And um, the bottom line is novelty and hard work. If you want to make your muscles strong and to grow, you stress them with weights. The brain is made of very similar tissue to your muscles. So if you exercise it in ways that that push the yardstick down, in other words, you keep making it harder and harder. So doing crossword puzzles is not a good thing to do because you're just doing the same thing over and over again. What you want to do is get into new things, learn a new language, learn a new musical instrument, drive to work a different way, put different novel smells around your house. The bottom line is novelty and hard work. And it's uh, just like uh, working out your muscles. Just think of it that way. That it's like going to the gym for your brain every day, and you definitely can uh, make yourself a lot smarter. You can slow down the effects of aging and forestall even uh, serious disorders like dementia. Uh, Both physical and mental exercise have been shown to do that. So uh, we used to think that, uh, you know, old brains were kind of hopeless. We now know that that's far from true. I don't know if this falls within your area of expertise, but I'm sure you've been exposed to it. What about dietary things? Well, it turns out that's very important. There was an article that came out recently that said there is an inverse relationship between the size of your gut, your belly, and the size of your brain. Um, That you know, the bigger beer gut you have, the faster your brain shrinks. And we don't know why that's true. Are we um, sure it's not? Are we my sure guess it, is it has to do with inflammation. Are we sure it's not the other way around? If 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 your brain is smaller, you're more apt to have the beer gut. <laughs> well, you know what? That could be true because you could have a lessened inhibition from your frontal cortex. Right. I was actually thinking that. The, the truth is, it's a correlation and not causation. We don't know, but if it were causation, what could be going on is inflammation. Uh, the more fat you have in your body, the more inflammatory proteins are circulating around, and those are known to be uh, toxic to neurons. Um, so that is uh, one likely mechanism. But there are others related to metabolism. Uh, I mean, in honesty, we don't really know yet. I'm speculating, but those are some areas that could be uh, what's going on. 
And one other thing, a uh, topic I wanted to hit, we've got a couple minutes left here, is uh, the future. Is it possible to predict the future? Yes. It depends on how you define the future. Um, I can predict with great confidence that in five years, computers will be, you know, ten times faster than they are today. There are certain things that we can continue to predict based on Moore's Law and, and other things. Um, but the other uh, thing is that the future is already here in some ways. We just haven't recognized it for what it is. And I come back to, I gave a TED speech on this, of what's the next big scientific breakthrough. And what I pointed out is that something I said before, which is in the past, the major breakthroughs have been weirdo, wacko theories at the time. So if you want to predict the future, sift through a few hundred of the really weird theories that are out there that are advanced by reputable scientists nonetheless, and in some of those, you're going to see where the next major breakthroughs are. The challenge, of course, is figuring out which ones are really going to be there and which ones are just, you know, noise, as it were. But somewhere in there, you're going to see the future. You're currently, I'll give you one example. Yeah, yeah please do. Aubrey yes. de Grey believes we can be immortal. He's got this foundation called the SENS Foundation. He's a Cambridge biophysicist, Ph.D., very reputable scientist. And he's laid out all of the factors that cause us to age. And he is undertaking to reverse all of those so that we can not only stop aging but reverse it. I think uh, a lot of scientists would have said, and, and many still do, that, oh, that's crazy. I don't think it's crazy. I don't think it's crazy because we have an existence proof. There are some living organisms that live 10,000 years. So we know life can do that. The question is, how do we get human life to do that? You're also uh, the current uh, chairman of the U.S. Technology Leadership Council. What's, mm-hmm. that, what's that group do? Um, that's a group of uh, technology companies and the government who get together kind of below the senior executive, kind of at the people who really make things happen, to foster a dialogue between industry and government to get better technology into the government. It's primarily defense and intelligence. And so we hold about, you know, three or four lectures uh, a month, and it's really uh, about social networking among senior technologists. This has been a fascinating discussion. It's been uh, thought-provoking, interesting, all the things that we love to do here on Beyond Reality Radio. We appreciate your time, and I hope you'll come back. Once again, the book is available, as you said, on Amazon. Your websites are available for people. There's a lot of resources on, any, on both of the sites that we talked about. Uh, anything else you want to point folks to? Um, I do think that uh, my wife's book, of which I'm a second author, The Listening Cure, is one that I would encourage people who uh, have not succeeded where, with other doctors and who have given up because almost all of her patients are people that other doctors have referred to her because they couldn't help. Things like chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, things of that nature. So if any of your listeners have those kind of issues, I'd encourage them to look at it. You know, it isn't a cure-all. It doesn't solve all of the problems that are out there, but it may tackle some of the ones that otherwise are intractable to conventional medicine. So The Listening Cure, is that a book that helps you understand how to help yourself? Yes. Um, That's the key thing about it. Uh, I've used the techniques myself as my wife's patient, and it's astonishing. Um, her techniques, and I've, I pretty much described them. It's give your body a voice and listen to it, and it will tell you what to do.
And that is also available on Amazon. Yes, it is. Terrific. Uh, Eric, thank you so much for being here. I hope you promise to come back again. This has been a fascinating discussion, and I'd love to revisit it. Well, I, you got it. I'd love to come back. It's been tremendous fun. Uh, thank you very much. All right. Thank you. It's Beyond Reality Radio. I'll take a break, come back, and wrap things up. Don't go away. We have a few more minutes with you. We want to spend them in uh, good company. Don't go away. Hey, gang. JV here. You know that great nutrition can lead to a great life. Healthy, happy, rewarding. But that nutrition simply cannot be found in the foods we eat alone. Take a minute and assess your health, the way you feel, the way your family feels, the way your kids feel. Health is more than just feeling well. It's also making sure you have a strong immune system, especially in these trying times. Vitamins aren't enough alone. In fact, they have to be the right vitamins, the right supplements made from the most effective ingredients. Otherwise, they don't do the job. It makes the world of a difference. There's a new website you can visit that'll help you navigate these ideas and guide you to better health. There's no obligation. Just visit MyHealthRocksNow.com. That's MyHealthRocksNow.com and start feeling better today. Uh, Again, the websites are his name, Dr. Just DR, the abbreviation for Dr. Hasseltine.com. Teen is T-I-N-E. And you can also go to Doctors Impossible. That's all spelled out. Doctors as in the word... Uh, plural doctors impossible.com that's where you can find the quiz uh, that we were talking about earlier as well uh, tomorrow night is a best of program we'll be back with you live on monday night thank you everybody have a great weekend love having you here and i appreciate you all being part of the program and again thanks to our new affiliates for signing up it's beyond reality radio i'm jv johnson thank you so much for being here tonight Beyond Reality Paranormal is hosted by J.V. Johnson and produced by Orion Palmer and Slick Eddie Edwards. Like us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please consider supporting the program either through your podcast platform, click on the link in the description, or on Patreon at Joha Productions. If you'd like to be a guest on Beyond Reality Paranormal or you have a recommendation for a guest, contact our producer, Slick Eddie Edwards. Eddie is spelled with a Y at slickeddieedwards at gmail.com.